SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, hour number two of our show. Thanks for tuning in to me and Joe Pizzapia. We got you here until 2 o'clock Eastern right here on Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com. If you missed any of our first hour of the show, what are you doing? Where have you been? It's okay. Go over to our YouTube channel and just sign up for our show on demand, SportsGrid.com. Play back all of the videos that we have. We're here Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern and talking baseball, basketball, football, and of course with fantasy football getting ready to start soon. I think next week we'll dive a little bit more into that now that training camps are back uh, here on the field. But Joe, certainly a lot to get to here on the show today. We've got some call-ups in Major League Baseball. We've got players being announced, unfortunately, out with COVID-19. And really interesting in terms of St. Louis in particular uh, with the players giving consent and permission to have their names announced. In fact, uh, a lot of their players did give that consent today, which is a first since the pandemic began. We look back and, and said, wow, Freddie Freeman gave permission, talked about everything that happened with him. We haven't seen that since. Guys have been more or less saying, you know, we want to keep this uh, private, but today, at least for fantasy owners, uh, gives them an idea as to who they would expect not being on the field for the next week or two. Yeah, and uh, I have to say, I, I think it's good to have people putting their names out there with this because it kind of removes a little bit of a stigma and humanizes the whole ordeal a little bit more as well. When you see names like Gaudier Molina and Freddie Freeman, it becomes, again, uh, again, a little bit more palpable with everything going on and uh, also taking away the stigma of, yes, this is something that people are going to catch. Hopefully many of them are going to be able to get through it okay and uh, some will not. And that's why it's so important that everybody continue to go above and beyond until further notice. All right, let's take a look at some of uh, today's headlines and highlights. And I want to start off before we get to this by telling you a couple of things. First piece of good news, uh, Austin Meadows is returning for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's expected to be in their lineup today, so he ends up missing about a week of action. And also a very important name to keep an eye on, and the Padres very clearly uh, giving the wink-wink on the service time game with Luis Patino, who at some point is going to be a closer in the majors and probably uh, the best closer in the majors if he gets that opportunity. He has uh, dynamic stuff, maybe the best stuff that I've seen out of anybody out of the bullpen. And uh, I, I don't know in a 60-game season that he's worth any kind of investment, but just a fun name to keep an eye on as the Padres are now going to make their push and tonight take on the Dodgers. Maybe we'll see Patino. He's been called up, according to Dennis Lynn, who just reported that. All right, uh, here we go. So uh, Shohei Otani is out. He's out four to six weeks, and and hopefully his season is not over. Uh, the Angels, I would say corresponding to that, have recalled Joe Adele, so he will make his debut with the Angels coming up soon, if not tonight. Michael Soroka, the Braves just announced a couple of minutes ago, is going on the injured list. He's going to be out for the remainder of this season, and hopefully he can be back in spring training in, in uh, February of next year because this is a six-month injury having a torn Achilles. So uh, it's going to be a while before we see Soroka, and he was their ace. Uh, Cardinals are not going to be playing until at least Friday as Yadier Molina on Instagram, and then the club announced that he had COVID and gave permission to say that he had it. In addition to that, one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball, 
on every level, fantasy reality. Uh, look at the numbers the last three years. It's undeniable. Paul DeYoung is now out. That's a massive, massive uh, loss, for, at least temporarily, for uh, for St. Louis. I would guess Tommy Edmond becomes their everyday shortstop. Michael Porter Jr. scores 39 points as the Nuggets had a fantastic victory last night. And then uh, Shake Milton for the Sixers gave them a win over the San Antonio Spurs. We were losing some faith that the Sixers could do anything since the restart, but at least they uh, looked good yesterday. And so, uh, Joe, that's where we're going to start off today here on the show. At least we have some clarity now. I think some of the questions that I've been asked the most on social media and personally have been about St. Louis and Miami, just who to get in and who to take out of your lineup. Because like, they're surprisingly so, there still are a lot of people playing the season-long fantasy uh, format. And, and maybe it's just the same people that I hear from every year. Maybe that's because, indeed, that's that's true. But uh, even on social media, a lot of people saying, is this guy going to be available? Is that kind of guy going to be available? And I don't think it's for DFS. I, I think it's for no. season-long. So. So maybe out of the hundred percent of the people who play normally, maybe fifty percent are playing, but it, it's still a pretty uh, decent number, I think, this year. Yeah, and as we welcome in our radio audience here in fantasy sports today, uh, right here on Sports Grid, yeah, uh, I definitely think there are some people trying to continue to soldier on, and they are very brave for doing it. You're better than me. Uh, I I cut bait with a lot of them. I told my home league, I was like, look, guys, it's going to be a disaster. Let's just punt on it because there's too much money involved. And everybody was in agreement with that as well. By the way, let me second everything you said at the top of this hour about uh, Patino. That is a very exciting arm. And this is what makes the Padres so dangerous because they have a stable of young arms. They can continue to add here. And you see teams like the Braves losing pitchers and teams like the Padres pulling and plucking these young arms out. And they are very, very dangerous. I'm not saying they're going to be able to, you know, put a hurting on the Dodgers for a long period of time. They're not quite at that level of the Dodgers yet. But I think they could be really dangerous here, especially in the playoffs, because young teams that don't know any better, nobody told them they weren't supposed to compete. And I'm thinking right now they can. And great news with Joe Adele uh, making his debut, too. That is very exciting news. I know for me, I do have a lot of Joe Adele uh, long-term shares. Uh, This is a guy that has power, has speed, great athlete. Very excited about him, and I was hoping that he would make his debut this year, especially once Cole Calhoun was out of the picture. I thought it was a foregone conclusion, and here we are. Yeah, also another story we're following here on the show is the deadline to opt out of the NFL season is 4 o'clock Eastern today. Uh, but since uh, that they announced that, uh, NFL Network's uh, Tom Pelissaro is reporting that the NFL is making two exceptions to that which is one, if the player has a new diagnosis that he's under high risk, he can opt out after today. And also, if a player's family member passes away or is hospitalized due to COVID-19, they can also opt out. But the majority of the bigger names that we're potentially going to hear would happen today by 4 o'clock Eastern. We'll tell you if they do. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you on this August the 4th, 2020. And it's always fun to take a look back at this day in fantasy sports history and also our fantasy sports birthdays. And today on the show, it's like a lot of Hall of Fame players doing great things. I think that that's, and, and, and a couple that aren't in the Hall of Fame that are having a hard time getting in, one that is having a hard time, one that will. And then in terms of birthdays, it's uh, along the same lines with one of those baseball players and one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time and uh, and a great running back and a Super Bowl champion as well today, Joe. Yeah, it's a good list. It's got some very things. And I love Hall of Fame discussions. Uh, some people don't like it. I don't know why. They get all bent out of shape. They don't care about it. I, I don't know why I care. I just do. It's a, it's a fun topic. I think if you are a, a lover of a sport, you have an opinion about certain players and what their greatness level is. And then you got all the people who want to talk about the politics of the Hall of Fame, too, and what kind of a guy this was and what was it. And, you know, this guy was a terrible guy. This guy bet on baseball. This guy did that. You know what? Like, uh, I try to just judge as best as I can always of what they did on the field. And if it gets too weird after that, that's a different story. But look, uh, certainly some interesting names here. And I look forward to more Hall of Fame discussions here on this program. And we will definitely do that. Okay, so uh, today is August the 4th. Let's go back in history and look at things that happened on August the 4th in baseball and in fantasy history. And we'll start off with 1982, Joel Youngblood. This is one that in my childhood, I I, I do remember, although vaguely, but I do remember uh, baseball cards being made of Joel Youngblood on two different teams uh, or maybe two teams on the same card, something like that. Uh, 1982, Youngblood played for the Mets in the afternoon and then was traded to the Montreal Expos and then played for them <laughs> that night, Joe. And, and this is something that's going it, to... It's ironic that you would think that this is difficult to do, but if players are committed to, they actually could. Now, in this 60-day season and with, with what's going on, I think that this is very difficult. But I always find these stories good, like when we have the hug watch and then the players leave and they go play for somebody else. And that's what happened with Youngblood back in 82. Yeah, this is a classic. Uh, this is one that, as a Met fan, you hear this story told every year on this date. Usually on the radio broadcast, they would. Uh, I just always remember them telling about this story. And then he went from one clubhouse to the other clubhouse. And look at that. Right. Changing uniforms. What a wacky day in baseball. Let's get back to the action here. And uh, but yeah, Youngblood was one of those guys. I had the baseball cards too from the uh, the early '80s, and uh, it is one of those bizarre things. I can't imagine how surreal that is for the player to basically have to pack his stuff, move to another locker room, and then uh, stay in Montreal. I mean, it's different. It's a different country, no less. I mean, that that's a big life change there in one afternoon. 1984, we move on to the Olympic Games, and this is when Carl Lewis made his glory and his name. He wins the first of nine gold medals uh, at the Olympics in 84, arguably one of the greatest runners of all time, no question. 1985, Tom Seaver wins his 300th game as a member of the Chicago White Sox, sort of a a thing that we talk about when pitchers win 300 games. It's going to be really hard to do, I think, moving forward. Uh, Rod Carew in 1985 gets his 3,000th hit. Uh, over in 2007, boy, two big milestones happen this year. A-Rod becomes the youngest player to hit 500 home runs in a season. And then Barry Bonds hits home run number 755 off Clay Hensley of the San Diego Padres. And so, Joe, uh, you know, it's interesting because A-Rod's name comes up a lot. He's on television now, so we get to watch him. Maybe he's part of the new Mets ownership. We still have no clarity on that, where that is at. But... I, I think that for me, Barry Bonds is going to be a Hall of Famer in two years. 
And then A-Rod will be a Hall of Famer in like 12 or <laughs> whatever the 10th year on the ballot is. I think that's when A-Rod's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's all it's so bizarre because there's A-Rod, you know, doing Major League Baseball broadcasts. There's A-Rod potentially having ownership in, or at least being part of an ownership group for a team. And this is a guy that served the longest suspension in baseball history for PDs. And then there's Barry Bonds who can't get in the Hall of Fame. And they're like, well, we all know it's just it's so different. And the timing, I know you've brought this up before. It's the timing of of when we've come to grips with these things, when we are accepting of them, how much uh, you know, we want to take a guy and, and punish him and how many years is it right? And we're gonna make you wait to the last ballot. And it's it's a shame that Rafael Palmero's not in the Hall of Fame. Rafael Palmero was a great baseball player during his era. How many guys have 500 home runs and 3,000 hits? How many guys uh, could play the first base position the way he did? He was a great player. When I think of that era, he's one of those guys I think about. And yes, it's unfortunate. They've all gotten to a bad scene. But you know what? Roger Clemens, as much as I personally do not care for him as a player or as a guy, I have a lot of umbrage that I would take with him. I can't deny the talent. He's a Hall of Fame player. And all those guys, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think we should re-examine guys like Sosa Maguire. I think if you can't tell the story of the era without those guys, it becomes very, very dicey and difficult. And I understand that my opinion's in the minority, and I'm okay with that. I sleep pretty good at night. Uh, but uh, looking at A-Rod, it's another guy, too, in my opinion. How do you keep Alex Rodriguez out of the Hall of Fame? The era they played in, these things were going on. We have to accept it. We have to understand that they have taken hits for it, but at the same time, do they have to take eternal hits for it? I mean, when is there ever forgiveness? When is there other uh, situation where we look at it and say, okay, you know what? Yeah, this was terrible, but you know what? You were great regardless. And I think there's a certain point in time where we have to kind of come to grips with that and acceptance might be the most important thing. And I don't just mean that ironically, not just acceptance into the hall of fame, but acceptance for their transgressions. Yeah, and I think that we will, and I think A-Rod will find himself in Cooperstown, but he will wait, and he will he will not be uh, honored who the does first that time Hall of Fame he has an do opportunity. They, is, is, do they have somebody who's, like, introducing them? Like, who introduces A-Rod or Barry Bonds? I always, that's kind of curious, right? Uh, I, I think they always have an, an announcer. It was George Grand for many years. Yeah, that's I right. It's not I, like the NFL where they have the person. That yeah, no, they don't have a presenter them, yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be dicey. All right, this day in, in fantasy sports birthdays for the 4th of August. Let's go back to 1942. John Riggins, one of the great fullbacks slash running backs in the NFL who helped the Washington football team. Yep, Washington football team win a championship. 1962, we got the Rocket Roger Clemens, who I also think, like Bonds, gets himself into Cooperstown in 2022. 1971, you can make the argument, the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. You really can. Uh, Jeff Gordon, 1987, Maurice Spates, and then happy birthday, Michael Soroka. You're out for the year. Go have surgery. Congratulations. Wow, that's oh, a tough birthday no. to have to celebrate no. tonight. Yeah. It's Mike yeah. Soroka's birthday today? Oh, it is. Bro, that's terrible. Mike Soroka, hmm. happy birthday. I'm sorry. Oh, that's awful. I Man, I'm just I'm gonna be depressed the rest of the show now. I had I had no idea where Mike Soroka's birthday torn Achilles. That's not a fun injury, man. Oh, that oh, poor Mike. Mike, I hope you're getting an extra piece of cake or an entire cake to yourself, man. You you deserve it, man. That was a rough go. If all the birthdays we've wished on this show, the biggest This is a tough one. Yeah, for this, sure. We've we've gotta go extra. We gotta send him an edible arrangement or something here from the program. 
Yeah, uh, John Riggins, an interesting guy, uh, to say the least. A very outspoken radio host in Washington since uh, since he is retired. Uh, always wears cowboy boots, Joe. I'm not sure why, but always is in cowboy boots. Every time I've seen him, I've seen him at the Super Bowl a million times. Um, but I would say in the history of running back performances in the Super Bowl, Riggins' numbers are up there with the best. Like like Timmy Smith is there, Marcus Allen is there, but mm-hmm. Riggins is in that conversation for people who don't remember when he ran all over the Dolphins, I believe in 1982, um, and they won the Super Bowl over them. Yeah, and one of the rare cases, too, where a running back who got more productive with age, uh, and it could have very well been the system he was in, you know, and he started his career with the Jets there, so perhaps it was just the usage, the system, and uh, he was also... Part of that Washington football team that had an amazing offensive line, which certainly did not hurt his cause. Uh, and uh, one of the great nicknames, going at it again, Diesel. That's a nickname. That is a good nickname. I want that nickname. I want cool nicknames back in sports, please. Not just shortening of names. That's not a nickname. Well, we'll put it on the list of things for you here. Thank you. Okay, uh, coming up, we've got the unsung heroes of baseball and in fantasy baseball thus far. And there's a pretty good chance that a lot of these players we're not on anybody's fantasy team to start the fantasy baseball season. So we're going to have that for you coming up as well. Don't forget, Joe and I are here every Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern. However you're watching the show, whether you're watching on sportsgrid.com or one of the great apps that you can watch our show live. Also, let's not forget, folks, this show is free and all of our content is free. So make sure you like and subscribe and send us any comments your way if you're watching the show below on YouTube. Give us a comment what you think about the show. Maybe some things that you'd like to see us talk about as well. We're up for listening. And we'll be right back here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Diamond bets. The, it seems that Dodger management made a, a wager here that they don't think they're going to have Cody Bellinger around. Diamond bets. Sometimes for major league pitchers in one night, it seems to rain and pour at the same time. Mike Soroka of the Atlanta Braves has been diagnosed with a torn right Achilles tendon. This is after Soroka tried to push off the mound. During a J.D. Davis infield force out, he fell to the ground immediately. The diagnosis came in late on Monday night. Soroka now out for the rest of the Major League season. Shohei Atoni of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim has a grade 1 or 2 strain of the flexor pronator mass near his surgically repaired right elbow. He'll cease pitching for the foreseeable future. He could be a DH on the go forward for the Angels, but that is day today. Carlos Radon was lifted from his start Monday night against the Brewers due to left shoulder soreness. Radon's forcing fastball velocity fell from 92 2.2 miles per hour in the first inning to 85.6 miles per hour in the second inning. But it wasn't all restricted to pitchers on Monday when it comes to injuries. The Mets lost both of their middle infielders to injuries on Monday when Robinson Cano and Ahmed Rosario both left their contest against the Braves early. Cano departed with groin tightness while Rosario took a seat 
with left quad tightness. In the NBA on Monday, the 76ers outlasted the Spurs 132 to 130. Joel Embiid with 27 points and 9 rebounds. The Raptors beat the Heat 107 to 103. It was the Nuggets over the Thunder 121 to 113. Michael Porter Jr. with 37 points. The Pacers beat the Wizards 111 to 100. TJ Warren continues his toward pace in Orlando 34 points, 11 rebounds on the night. And the Pels beat the Grizz 109 to 99. In the NFL, ESPN's Adam Schefter. Reporting. The official deadline for players to opt out of the NFL season is Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. NFL Network's Tom Palacero reporting there may be a separate deadline for players with health risks specifically, but obviously a speed up in the potential date that players need to opt out by. The Jets release wide receiver Quincy Inunua. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reporting the Patriots have interest in free agent Delaney Walker and the 49ers signed tight end Jordan Reed. I'm Dan Straff and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Dan, and we'll check in a little bit later on with more updates here on Sports Grid as we wait until the 4 o'clock Eastern deadline for the NFL of players opting out of the 2020 season. And maybe that will have an effect on fantasy, maybe it won't. But basically, according to Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network, there are still ways that players can opt out, but essentially they would be more along the lines of an emergency as opposed to a choice. So stay tuned to us. We've got about three hours to go until then. And then it's a little bit safer probably to play uh, fantasy at that point. It has not been safe thus far. It feels like a little bit safer at that point when you know that you got guys that can't voluntarily leave. Uh, but beyond that, it's uh, it's interesting to see some of these players, Joe, who have gotten off to really good starts in fantasy and wonder if they've really helped you in your fantasy team because truthfully – Uh, There's a lot of players who are off to good starts, a lot of players who were not drafted, and for people who are still playing and starting to grind this out, I'm sure that they are asking themselves the question, do I trust what I've seen? Do I grab Mm. this guy? Because I don't think that we're going to discuss anybody here unless you're playing in like some crazy uh, deep 16-team league or one of those best ball leagues where you can't pick anybody up and you drafted for 50 rounds. Other than that, I don't think any of the players that we're going to discuss even helped anyone thus far. Yeah, well, look, I I kick myself because one of these guys I've had on my roster for the last two years, and he hasn't done anything. And uh, this year he's having a heck of a season. And one of them is probably on most rosters, one of the pitchers. But you're right. The the difficult thing is, how long will this last? We know it's going to not last quite at this level. But can it last long enough that we're going to hold on to these players? Or, you know, are we throwing fab if they're still out there on them? And I think the answer right now is inevitably yes. Yes, grab them if you can. Yes, put them on your roster. Ride the wave as long as you can. Baseball is a game of streaks, and you need every good streak you could possibly get from any player that is actually healthy and playing baseball. Take what you can get. And then in the meantime, if if they stop hitting or if they stop pitching well, you put them to the bench and you wait that out. Maybe you get a second streak. You never know. But it's such a weird environment we're in right now. I think you have to take any good stats when you can get them for as long as you could possibly get them. No doubt. So let's get started here with a player we've been hearing about for many years, and the Tigers honestly have given him a shot for many years, Jacoby Jones, who has caught lightning in a bottle at the start of this season. 379 batting average, his OPS above 1,200, three home runs, seven runs driven in, six runs. Health has been somewhat of an issue for him, Joe, too. And nobody, nobody ever thought Jacoby Jones would be a great player, and no one ever really had him as a great prospect, but we sort of projected him as at the very least a pretty good platoon-type player, and that just hasn't worked out at all for him until now. 
So I guess the question becomes for those people who grabbed him and got none of these stats, because essentially that's what happened. They're going to start playing him now and, and hope. Um, it was a mistake, clearly, because they don't have any games this week as of now either. That's the bummer, but not really uh, the Tigers' fault. But I, I think, honestly, people should have known that the Tigers weren't going to be playing, You know, now that I think about it with the Cardinals situation. But let's assume when the Tigers come back that, that J- Jones plays some more. Uh, you know, hard to predict what a player like this can do because we've just never seen this out of him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, and that's one of the reasons I put him on this list is because because he's not playing this week. Maybe he's still floating around there. <laughs> maybe or maybe somebody had to jettison him because they need more depth on their roster and other guys. And and that's one of these players. And you're absolutely right. This is a guy we've been waiting for to be at, at the you know maybe at most a, a good everyday player. It hasn't quite been that way. Now, he's gotten off to a really good start, which is very encouraging. This is a guy that I certainly didn't see coming for sure. I think we all kind of wrote him off as, yeah, maybe a platoon guy at best, or yeah, maybe in a couple of years. And sometimes maybe it just takes certain guys longer for things to click. We've seen late bloomers before in Major League Baseball. The good news is the Tigers pretty much have an opening. <laughs> you know, if you're going to be good right now for the Tigers, you're either going to play yourself onto another team or you're going to play yourself into everyday at bat. So that's a positive when it comes to Jacoby Jones. So once again, like all these guys, you're going to ride this hot streak as long as you can. And maybe just maybe if you're desperate and someone else is desperate for some players and they have this guy and you have some room on your bench, maybe you throw something out, help somebody else get Jones and see, maybe just maybe this guy's turned a corner. Yeah, it's hard to see it because he just hasn't done it, and, and he's been around a while. I think that's still kind of the, the problem is that he, he has been given some opportunities in the past, hasn't made the most of them, has gotten injured, but now he's on a tear, and especially in DFS, he's probably somebody to consider. All right, uh, our second part of the conversation is a player that I am very familiar with because this guy has been around a long time and as a matter of fact played on the Marlins uh played on the Florida Marlins if you can believe this before they became the Miami Marlins in the minor leagues so that tells you how far this is going back 2011-2010 uh pitched with the or uh, played with the Miami Marlins in 2012 and was sort of an extra player and and we all thought oh wow this is going to guy that's going to be in the league 10 years as a utility player but after his first year in the big leagues Donovan Solano basically fell off the map completely and was out of Major League Baseball all of 2017, all of 2018, and then somehow reemerged in 2019, Joe, and was a star for the Giants. And this guy's picking up exactly where he left off last year. Um, I don't know how this is happening. I don't know why this is happening. (laughs) I'm not going to speculate anything else except for the guy has just figured it out. But the 90 games that he has played for the Giants, he looks like a superstar. He leads the majors in hitting. He leads the majors in hits. He leads the majors in RBIs. But I, I have a hard time believing what I'm seeing is real. I just it, this is a tough one for me because I've seen this player play. Yeah, and uh, everything you said is correct. And we could only hope that he's just figured it out or whatever reason. Look, the fact that he's a player that um, was basically out of baseball at a certain point it tells you a lot about what kind of heart he's got at the very least and how important this yeah, is to him. No he's yeah. he's hitting at the top of this order. And right now, the Giants are scoring some runs. You know, they have gotten uh, healthier uh, than they were at the very start of the season. And as long as him and Jastrzemski at the top of this order right now, it's hard not to like him. And look at today. Today is a perfect example. He's priced pretty well on FanDuel. They're playing in Colorado. Why wouldn't you take him? Why wouldn't you put him in the lineup with the way he's hitting? Marquez is a good pitcher. But at the same time, I mean, right now, Solano, like you're saying, he's leading the league in a lot of things. You got to keep riding this horse until it just stops going. And I think right now, 
the best course of action is if you did pick him up to just continue to play him, continue to run him out there until further notice. And look, he has definitely been an unsung hero for the Giants. There's no doubt about that. All right, moving on, let's let's touch on a couple of pitchers. Chris Bassett of the Oakland A's is somebody that I invested in last year. I always like grabbing an A's pitcher, like their fourth or fifth starter. I always do that. And and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it's Kendall Graveman, you know. But Bassett, in particular, has looked really good, and the A's pitching has looked very sharp, even without A.J. Puck. Lazardo, of course, is pitching tonight. But Bassett's been a star through two, through two games. One walk, 12 strikeouts. And, and Joe, he's never going to be a 14 strikeouts per nine type guy, I don't think. But his cape rate is up. He isn't putting anyone on base. Oakland is a good team. And you know, Bassett is not in the conversation of Frankie Montas or or potentially Sean Manaya, but he's working his way at least into the fantasy conversation. I wonder if this is legit. Well, the biggest difference here is the strikeout rate because Bassett's a guy that we've seen. We're familiar with him, just like most of the guys on this list. We're familiar with them. But at the same time, we never quite see him be dominant. You look at the strikeout to walk ratio of 12 to 1. I mean, that's pretty dominant right there. It doesn't get more dominant than that. I don't think he can sustain this, but if he's found, and we've seen this with pitchers before, Rick Porcello was a guy, didn't have a high strikeout rate. Then all of a sudden he goes to Boston and about what the second year in Boston, all of a sudden that strikeout rate goes from somewhere around six to about eight. And that's a kind of jump that actually makes a significant difference in a player's fantasy value. Now Bassett can do that. And you couple that with a good offense in in Oakland, along with a very uh, pitcher friendly environment in Oakland, all of a sudden Chris Bassett becomes very fantasy relevant. And I think so far, uh, with AJ Puck's injury, with Lazardo being slow to kick off, uh, with Montas taking a start or two to really get ramped up, Bassett has definitely been an unsung hero in this rotation for the A's. Yep, he's been there. He'll continue to be. And speaking of our final piece of discussion here, it's Kenta Maeda on the Minnesota Twins, who, if for some reason he's on a waiver wire of any kind, you grab him. Any pitcher that's on the Twins you want, starter, bullpen, doesn't matter. They're scoring eight runs a game. And Maeda is pitching well. With a 1.64.64 whip, 12 strikeouts, two walks. Uh, Joe, if Kenta Maeda's ERA for the rest of the season is five, this guy's still going to end up winning six or seven games with the amount of runs that they score as long as he can get through five innings. And that is somewhat of a challenge for him. But if the Twins allow him to pitch a little bit deeper into games, five, six innings at a time, he's going to win. And and that and that's a foregone conclusion. With that kind of offense on that team, uh, he's he he shouldn't be unowned in any league at this point. This is the one guy that I would say that about. Yeah, he should definitely be owned if he isn't. But yes, he probably was owned in a lot. And this was actually, I thought, a really key piece. Everyone talked about the Mookie Betts trade and all the pieces from Boston and Los Angeles. But this was that one piece of the trade that kind of got under-discussed. And it's very important that the Twins continue to get guys who are productive in this rotation. Because after Barrios last year, it was a lot of question marks so far. He's been pretty good, Kenta Maeda, and especially, look, Rich Hill got bumped from his start today because of an issue. That's not good, so look for Kenta Maeda, hopefully, to get more W's for the Twins. Coming up next, it's time for a little fantasy or reality. Some of the questions that we're going to touch on, the biggest spread in the NBA since the restart, that game is coming up in about five minutes from now. In addition to that, can Albert Pujols close in on 700 home runs? And is anyone else opting out in the NFL? We'll answer those questions next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sports 
BetOnline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, time for a little fantasy or reality here on Fantasy Sports Today. We got three very important questions that everyone out there in sports grid land needs answers to today, Joe. So we're going to dive in, and the subjects are a little bit of betting in the NBA. We've got some Major League Baseball with some historical home run numbers. And then, of course, the question that a lot of fantasy owners in football are going to be concerned with as they watch this clock down to 4 o'clock Eastern to find out if somebody who they've taken already in an early draft or in an expert's draft of some kind, uh, or potentially nothing happens and everything is clear and we know everybody's roster today. So that's what's coming up. Ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's get started. Fantasy or reality, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks. They just tipped off from Orlando, Joe, so I think it's still fair to have an opinion on this one when the score is one nothing or 2 to nothing. We could do that. Uh, <laughs> wow, 17.5 the Nets are getting today. The Bucks have looked like Giannis has just looked unstoppable. It's crazy mm-hmm. that they would even lose a game like they did the other day. Uh, the Nets don't have Kevin Durant. No big deal. Kyrie Irving, no big deal. DeAndre Jordan, sure. Spencer Dinwiddie, fine. Wilson Chandler, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, <laughs> uh, Karis LeVert. You know, like, I mean, you know, they're fine. They're just rolling a team out there today. Uh, fantasy reality. The Nets cover 17 and a half, Joe. Taking the points. Fantasy reality. Uh, I'm going to, boy, I mean, who who is playing at this point after that long laundry list of names? I'm going to say fantasy. I think they will get blown out here by more than 17 and a half. It just, it's certainly shaping up that way. And you're not wrong. Giannis has been fantastic. I mean, look, he's been great all year. Uh, and despite the layoff, certainly came back with a vengeance uh, earlier this week. They had a fantastic game there against the Rockets. So, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with fantasy. But do you think they can cover 17 and a half with whatever roster they're rolling out there today? The dogs have been pretty solid, I gotta say, thus far since the NBA has kicked back off. I'll take the other side just to see. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna bet it, but I'll I'll say reality. They cover the 17 and a half. I don't feel good about it. 18 and a half. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Ranieri. You know, Ranieri the degenerate's already got money on this. Uh, so can I get 18 and a half on this? Is that possible or no? It's too late because we use this graphic. Thank you. Thank you. I got 18 and a half, Joe. I'm buying a half uh, online to 19. Can you buy points on FanDuel? I don't think so. Whatever. So either way, um, yes, they, they cover the spread. In fact, after the first quarter, they'll be down 50 and it'll be over. But that's the life of a gambler, right? So I'll take those points here. The dogs have hit. The dogs have been hitting. <laughs> now I think it's 20. Is it really 20 and a half? Don't stop it. Come on. You guys are messing around. I, I think they're... <laughs> Well, they're probably yeah. Well, they're probably down already six nothing. Okay, I I can't I can't watch the game and host the show. Thank you. All right, here we go. Question number two: Uh, Albert Pujols of the Los Angeles Angels hit a grand slam the other day. If you hadn't noticed, Pujols currently is sitting on six hundred and fifty-eight home runs, so he's two away from tying Willie Mays and three away from passing him. But I think a bigger milestone on top of that is seven hundred home runs. Pujols has one year left on his deal with the Angels, 
and then will clearly have to decide if he wants to continue to play or just put the money in his pocket on this personal services agreement that he has with the Angels for the next 10 years of getting paid. Fantasy or reality, Joe, Albert Pujols will reach 700 home runs in his career. Mm, This is trickier now because of the shortened season this year. Uh, I would have said absolute lock had we had a full season this year. Uh, I know he's got a few (laughs) few left on this contract, no doubt about that. It's going to be dicey. I'm going to say knowing Pujols, I think this matters to him. Having watching him for so long here, we all have. He's just, just a miraculous player, the work ethic. Uh, and he's still moderately productive. He's not nearly the player he once was, but uh, I'm going to say it's a reality. I think he does get to this number. I think it does matter to him. I don't think he's going to be breaking the all-time record or anything crazy like that, but uh, after he gets Willie Mays, I think uh, his sights will be set uh, on the 700 number, and I think that's important to him. What do you think? So obviously, do you think he plays beyond next year? I think he'd probably have to, right, to get to, to, get to 700? Well, I mean, I guess it tells you where the Angels might be at. I mean, they're trying so hard to win. He might be, can you hold on for one year? He may have to do year? it back in St. Louis. You know, he may have to go somewhere else. I don't think you could play the know. field. I mean, Although, wait, what am I saying? If well, it could just be the DH, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, I just had yeah. to stop myself saying that. If there is a DH, <laughs> right. wouldn't that be the story? I mean, think, think about it. Let, let's say he hits... Yeah, let's say he hits 10 home runs the rest of the way, right? And that's, I don't think that's, that, that may be far-fetched, but let's just give it to him. So that gives him 668 home runs. I don't think he's hitting 32 next year, do you? I don't no, think so. probably not. I think he yeah, so he's probably something. got to play beyond it. Yeah, uh, I am going to say fantasy. Lewis, that's the plan. Yeah, there I, you I'm going to say like fantasy. I think, I think next year is his last year, and I don't think he plays after next year, regardless if he gets to... Uh, 700 home runs. That's my opinion there. So I'll just take the other side of that and we'll see. All right. Uh, finally, we uh, we close out with this one and we got a little bit less than two hours to go. And I know that this is important for a lot of people and, and really more so for health than anything else. But this is it. Four o'clock Eastern. If a player is going to opt out in the NFL, they got to tell their team today. They got to make that decision unless there is an emergency and then they could leave. Uh, so the biggest name thus far, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the fantasy world to opt out, Joe, I believe it is Damian Williams still to this point. You'll correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I will say fantasy or reality, a first or second round fantasy pick will opt out today before 4 p.m. Eastern. So well, I don't want to get too technical with this, but let's just say a top 20 pick, top 25 pick will opt out today before 4 o'clock Eastern. Clearly, I am guessing, and you are guessing, so let's just use a fantasy or reality, since a lot of this is a guess. Fantasy or reality, a first or second round fantasy pick opts out today before 4 p.m. I would say reality. Uh, I heard Devin McCourty uh, speaking about this yesterday, and he had a lot of good points, which was, you know, how can they ask us to opt in or opt out when barely any of us have actually been to the facilities to see what's going on, to see what kind of precautions are being taken? You know, it's and he's not wrong. He's not wrong for that opinion whatsoever. I think it's actually a really good one. Uh, and the NFL is basically sticking with everybody saying, hey, you're in or you're out. And I think that's kind of tough. I don't think it's fair. Um, so it would be surprising if you didn't get a one big name opt out. And uh, I don't think it would be a quarterback the quarterbacks put a lot of responsibility on themselves that would be very surprising if it was a quarterback uh but in terms of another running back or a wide receiver it's very possible uh, so i'm going to say reality what do you say 
Yeah, I'm going to say reality, too. I'm, I'm going to guess that we'll get someone that's a borderline, because, of course, we come up with a borderline question. I think we'll get a borderline answer. It'll be someone where we're on the brink of wondering, is this guy a first round? Is this guy a second round? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's more along the lines of, of where we will get. And I totally agree with you. And the other part of this, too, is that organizations in football uh, clearly recognize how important the quarterback position is. And it, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that they have already reached out to all of the quarterbacks to say, hey, look, <laughs> we are going to take care of you. Don't worry. Everything will be fine no matter what. We'll keep you protected. And and this is what I would have liked to see with baseball and the pitchers. I, I thought that from day one of this thing that they should be pitching their nine innings or seven innings, whatever it is, and they should be going home. And that should mm-hmm. be it. They should not be traveling on the road if they're not pitching. They should not be hanging out after the game to high-five and congratulate each other. I, I'm against that, and, and I know that doesn't help for camaraderie, but guess what? You could do it the last week of the season when you clinch the postseason. Keep yourself on the field for the next two months, and as we've seen, there's been a couple of teams who have lost pitching, Miami more than St. Louis, but that's you know to me what they should have done, and I hope they do that in the NFL as well, Joe, because I would say that there's probably a dozen teams that if they lose their starting quarterback – for any extended period of time, they don't have a viable backup to come in and carry the load. They just don't have it. No, many don't, and I'm sure most of the quarterbacks, uh, like I said, quarterback position will be shocking. It's funny, as you were just speaking about, you know, well, if you're a starting pitcher, you know, you should just go home and all that, which I actually agree with that sentiment. Um, you talk about, well, you could high-five everybody, uh, you know, in the playoffs when you're in there and, and at the end. Imagine one of these outbreaks during a playoff series with a team and how that would basically put the entire playoffs on hold could be NFL or MLB. It's something that I really didn't think too much about. We've so wrapped up with everything going on in the regular season right now. What does Major League Baseball do in that case? You just put everything on hold and then ramp back up in a week, I guess. I mean, that's the only thing I can imagine, right? But I mean, it is just as easy to happen, potentially, you would think, in the postseason as it is to happen in this regular season we're in, right? Yeah, I mean, it it could with with uh, the NBA too. I mean, we just we right. just don't know. It's a it's a it's a huge unknown. I think for everybody at this point, and and that is a fair point. What would happen? Everything would have to kind of stop. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the lessons have been learned to this point as to how to keep them going. And and I think that the Cardinals will be the next litmus test here to see if they decide to play on Friday because they had no positive test today, or if they want to even give this more time. Remember, Miami sat out a full week, even with having a positive test or two uh, come Saturday or Sunday. So uh, we'll certainly see. Uh, one other quick note in the NFL, uh, speaking, Joe, of the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who's 38 years old, is is coming back this year to play for the Steelers. And Big Ben says he's in great shape and he's lost a lot of weight. And and, and listen, look, when I, when I hear these sort of things, it's sort of impossible to tell. Normally, right now, Joe, what would we be doing? We'd be preparing for, I think, the Hall of Fame game, right, on, on Sunday night. I think that's yeah. where we would be at. But yeah. instead, we we got to wait for these these practice reports to come out. And as far as I can tell, all that's happening right now is the teams are taking their own video and putting up little select clips of, like, guys running like this. And that's the end of the video. I haven't seen anything else. I did see another clip of, uh, I forget what team it was right now. I apologize. But uh, there was some sort of disinfectant spray. Have you seen this? That they walk through and there's a disinfectant spray over their heads. It was the Broncos. Thanks, Griff. Uh, and really, you know, going through, yeah. And they're trying this other thing out that it's it's not supposed to be a dangerous thing. It's supposed to be just something that as you walk out, cleans your uniform, cleans everything before you go out to the practice field. So 
we'll see if, if that sort of technology takes off and uh, where we are from there. But, you know, the great thing about this country is that whenever our back is against the wall, innovation inevitably takes over. And uh, that's always great to see. And hopefully innovation will continue to uh, aid us in these circumstances we're in right now. But, you know, it's 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 wild times and in terms of the NFL season, trying to evaluate things. I think you always lean right now this year with some of the veterans. I think that you take every report you get with a grain of salt, every little Twitter video or whatever thing happens out there. You know, we don't have preseason games to overhype or those single performances where a guy looks really good for a series to overhype. So it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really difficult for the running backs who are rookies to, uh, to understand and, and pick things up here, especially the pass coverage. That's always something pass protection that, you know, eludes a lot of the younger running backs coming into the league. So keep an eye on that. And it might favor some of the older backs in the beginning of the year, like LaShawn McCoy. Don't think that that is not a surprise that he was brought in here under these circumstances as a veteran back. Who knows what he's doing? You have a huge investment in Tom Brady for the next two years. You got an investment in Gronk. It's an older team. You want to make sure you have somebody who knows the deal, knows what's going on. And don't be surprised if early on you're seeing a guy like Deshaun McCoy get a lot more playing time than you might have anticipated originally. Yep, could be a tough year for the rookies in the NFL. Normally we see a couple of real big breakout stars. It still very well may be the case because a veteran could uh, go down and and be out for a few weeks with the virus. That's certainly possible too, but uh, really hard to quantify what the season will look like. And as we get closer, we'll, we'll start to do a little bit more of a, of a deeper dive into it. As, as I know, Joe has had a couple of drafts and I don't believe I have any on the schedule yet, but as I get closer to September, I think that we'll, we'll have more of an idea as to what the fantasy football season will look like as well. Uh, but we are right in the midst of this thing in terms of sports wagering and fantasy sports. And if you're playing on DFS, or if you're playing and planning on just putting some money down on a game, make sure you head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook because they have it all going on from both a DFS and, of course, a wagering perspective. Uh, in addition to that, you can sign up, get yourself an account, and it'll really educate you and help you in DFS if you sign up to gamble and or wager, and it'll, it'll help you with wagering if you sign up to play DFS, and FanDuel is your one-stop shop for all of that. So make sure you check them out and head on over to them and get yourself an account to see what the odds are as we stand right now. We'll be back as we wrap it up on SportsGrid with the SportsGrid 60. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Of course, we got you here for the next few minutes. And then we got to say so long at 2 o'clock, but don't worry. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. As always, we end the show with some fun discussion, maybe a fun opinion, too. And for one of those, let's turn it over to Joe Pizzapia. Don't look now, boys and girls, but the Rockies are 7-2. and two. It's a weird year of baseball, and everyone's expecting the Dodgers to win the West, and they probably will, and people expected the Diamondbacks to be better, but nobody has really expected the Colorado Rockies. Wouldn't it be a great story in 2020 if the Rockies get to the playoffs, get to the World Series, and actually win in this crazy year? 
Yeah, it would be, although it's not going to happen, but it's a nice thought for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I want to end here with college football and being somebody who went to the University of Florida and has, has followed college football for my entire life and really has become my first love uh, on the weekends, uh, watching all the games Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night as well. I got to tell you, like that to me is my biggest concern about restarting right now. And I know the Southeastern Conference is going to start on September the 26th and all the conferences are sort of following in suit. But I got to say, of all of the sports that are out there, that is the one because they are kids that I hope that they pay the most attention to. I understand professional athletes are getting paid. They want them back on the field. They want them playing. And we've seen this craziness with the uh, with Major League Baseball, and we probably will see some with the NFL. But keep the kids safe in college, man. Like, I mean, that's just one sport that you got to ask yourself: Is it really worth it for them to bring uh, them back? All right, so that will do it for our show today. Want to make sure that we thank all of you for uh, watching for sure, and also thanks for being part of our program today. No question about that. Thank you to Brett, and thank you to Chris. Of course, thank you to Joe Ranieri, and also thank you to uh, my co-host, Joe Pizapia. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid, so make sure you stay tuned. Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later. He is taking you coast to coast. We'll take you through all of the NBA results, the games tonight, as well as a preview of all of the Major League Baseball games as well. Uh, also over on Sports Grid Radio, you can catch my co-host Joe Pizapia tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Eastern, with a recap as well. That'll do it for Joe. I'm Craig. Have a great Tuesday. We'll catch you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.